This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or go to www.memyselfanddie.com. All of the show's playlists, social media links, and other material can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. It's going to be totally waterlogged, probably very difficult to read, but my question is, is there a, is there a lock on it? Like this? <laughs> is there a fancy lock on his, <laughs> on his log? Well, hello and welcome back once again to Me, Myself, and Die. I am, as always, your intrepid GM host and player, Trevor DeVal. Thank you so much for joining me here today. And if you do want to help support the show in some way, you can hit like and subscribe or join us on Patreon. That really helps me keep the show going, and I very much appreciate all of you who have supported the show up to this point. And a big welcome to those of you who are about to join. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> when last we left Edward, he had just left the Tower of Urazvath, the weird Morkakian wizard, which was a giant tentacled brain at the top of the tower, who wanted to use the soul cage to free him from the tower, and he basically made an agreement with Edbert that if Edbert brings him the soul cage, then then Urozvath will help Edbert find the soul cage, basically by giving him some sort of hint about what each step along the map is going to look like, or what kind of obstacles they might encounter. So, presumably that all works, that could be a big help, but before we get to the Sea Ghost, which is the sunken pirate ship where the first clue on the map is located, need to do a few things. First of all, Edbert gained XP last time of 12, so I'm going to increase his faint to 6, because we saw how devastating faint can be in a fight, and his swim to 6, because, you know, he's probably going to go in the water this time, so let's make sure his swim is at least 6, leaving 2 points for luck. As the drunken ghoul is cutting through the waves, through the tropical seas of the Serpent's Isles, on the way to the coordinates to the Sea Ghost, the wreck of the, the old pirate ship, as Edbert has filled in Captain Nicola about what has happened here, I, my first question is, how does Nicola feel about this? Because if you recall, the deal that Nicola has with Edbert is that if Edbert helps Nicola get to the soul cage and procure it for himself, because remember, Nicola wants that soul cage to become like the, the mightiest pirate in the, in the islands, then in exchange for Edbert helping Nicola find the soul cage, Edbert will be granted use of the soul cage to free himself from Sherilyn. But my question is, how does Nicola feel about Edbert making all of these outside deals, like the one with Ura's Vath? That's a good question. I'm not entirely certain if uh, Nicola is going to be 100% on board with this. Let's ask the old fate chart. I think it's somewhat likely he does object to it, actually. Uh, 38 is a yes. Nicola comes up to him. So, you've made a deal with this wizard in the tower that in exchange for his help in uh, finding the soul cage, that we are now obligated to bring the soul cage to him after this is all done and free him. Do you even know what that means? I didn't really have much of an opportunity to sit back and analyze the decision at the time, Captain, but uh, you have to admit, this little thing here, and he produces a little vial of, uh, uh, like the potion of water breathing, basically. If Urozvath are telling the truth, then this alone could be a great help. And if he's good for his word, 
then it'll significantly make our job easier to find and decipher the rest of the clues. Surely you've got to understand that, Captain. Oh, ah, I do understand that part of the bargain, Edward. What I don't understand is why you feel it was uh, prudent to go and make a deal without consulting me first. Remember, Edbert, as much as I like you, and as much as I consider you a valuable member of this crew, you are still just a member of this crew. In the end, it's Captain Aero Nicola that makes the decisions about such things. Now, I hope you can respect that chain of command in the future. I'm no stranger to taking orders, Captain. I was a soldier for a long time. I'll tell you what, when we get to the Sea Ghost, I'll be the one that trusts Uraz Vath and downs this potion and see if it's not poison. If it's the real thing, then you've got to admit that I made the right choice. And you'll cut me some slack from now on, right? I wouldn't have been quite so eager to trust a giant talking brain at the top of a tower like you did, Edbert. You drink that potion when we get to the Sea Ghost and see what happens. As you say, if it works, then maybe we have occasion to trust the word of this Urasvath going forward. But as I said, from now on, don't make any rash decisions without consulting me first. Do you understand? Aye, Captain, I do. Right. Well, that's all that I ask, then. Let's get on with it, then. And the ship carries off towards the Seagulls. So, before we get to the Seagulls, let's see if the scene is interrupted or altered in any way. The cast factor is at six. No, it is not. So, a day, day and a half later, they arrive at the coordinates of the wreck of the Seagulls. Now, we know the Sea Ghost is way down. It's 100 feet down. So it's not by an island. The wreck of the ghost is basically in open water. So Nicola on deck with his sextant or whatever other tool he uses to navigate the ship, I don't know, announces that they have arrived. But of course, there's nothing but open ocean around them. Well, Edbert, according to the map, this right here is the location of the Sea Ghost. Time to suck back that wee potion you were given. Right. Well, here goes nothing. And he takes the vial and he drinks it. There is a chance that something goes wrong here. But I think Uraz Vath was good for his word. So I think the chances of something going wrong with this potion is impossible. Let us find out. 10% chance, 94 extreme, no. Which means that this potion works exactly as intended. I had an idea that if the potion didn't work, that he could only breathe underwater for a while, that he would start to suffocate while he was on deck. But it's an extreme no, so that didn't happen. The potion works perfectly. He drinks it, nothing really changes. He kind of, you know, feels exactly the same. Well, did it work? I suppose there's only one way to find out. He strips off the majority of his heaviest gear, and I think the only weapon he can reasonably take is a, is a long dagger that he tucks into his belt, and he steps to the side of the boat. Wish me luck, and he leaps off into the water, and as soon as he hits the water, he realizes that, in fact, he can freely breathe the water. It takes a second to sort of adjust to this new sensation. It would be very, very strange, but it's easy for him. The magic is working perfectly, so he... He doesn't know how long it's going to last, though, so he doesn't waste any time. And he immediately begins to swim down, directly down. Now, here's the other thing. The waters are crystal clear, so the light filters quite a ways down. But I think that as he gets further and further, it's going to become more difficult to see. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a swim check for him. And if he succeeds, basically what that's going to represent is that he's able to still 
see enough of the details to be able to make this a little easier on him. But if he fails, he's still gonna make it to the boat. It's just gonna take him longer, which is a problem because the potion doesn't last forever. And also it's gonna be a little more difficult to see. Maybe the water's more, more murky or something like that. So his swim, his newly increased swim, is in fact six. Let us see what happens. Okay, well that is a success with the one. So he makes his way down under the water, just the sound of the, the bubbles and the water in his ear and you know, can't hear anything else anymore. The, the splash and the slap of waves on the, the sides of the drunken ghoul above him recede. The dappled light from the sun filtering through the water gets less and less, but he's still able to see. And sure enough, as he goes down, swims down, he can see this large, dark outline beginning to take shape in front of him. And he can see that definitely this is the wreck of a ship. It's a big ship. A galleon, I think. As he makes his way down, he doesn't really know what he's looking for. So we knew that the clue as to where to go is going to be located here in the wreck. But we don't know anything more about that. So he's going to have to kind of explore a little bit. I think that he immediately begins to swim his way towards the captain's quarters or what would be the captain's quarters at the aft of the ship. And as he's, you know, he's swimming through it, he can still see the, the broken spars and masts, you know, cracked and broken, but the, the sails are kind of still billowing in the water, creating sort of a potential obstacle and a hazard. He's got to be careful about swimming through that. Is the source of the clue in the captain's quarters? It's probably somewhat likely. 69, dude, ha, yes, the answer is yes. He swims down towards the captain's quarters. Of course, there's like things floating in the water, maybe old barrels and things. There's, there's all kinds of stuff. He's sort of got to na navigate his way through, but eventually he comes to the captain's door and he goes to open the door. Here's my question, is the door stuck? I think it's very likely that the door is stuck because, you know, water warpage of the wood and all that kind of stuff. Here we go. The answer is yes, it is definitely stuck. So in order for him to get in this door, he's going to have to do a muscle roll to pull that thing open. His muscle is currently at six. Does he succeed? He is just unable to pull it open. So he's fairly certain that whatever he's looking for is probably in the captain, but he can't get in through the door. It's been stuck fast. So he has to find another way. He swims around to the porthole, the window. Now, the portal is probably not big enough for him to get through, but there's a chance. Let's find out. I think it's very unlikely which gives it oh look at that there was a 45 percent chance that's 43 he's able to actually swim up to the porthole put his feet his boots against it and pick it open and it's a larger porthole which he is able to swim inside okay he is now in the captain's quarters what is the clue <laughs> and is there a threat of some sort in this area i'm gonna ask about the clue first what is the nature of the clue that's going to point to the next location on the map. Let's try the book of random tables here. This is the first one. Items in a ship captain's quarters. So he's searching around. He's looking for anything that kind of sticks out. Anything that might be of interest. Oh, a ship's log. Perfect. Really, the place has been largely stripped of anything, or not necessarily stripped, but anything of value or of interest has sort of floated away maybe through one of the other open portals or something. The point is the one thing that does catch his eye is a big waterlogged book. It's gonna be 
totally waterlogged, probably very difficult to read, but my question is, is there a, is there a lock on it? Like this? Ho oh, is there a fancy lock on his, <laughs> on his log? Well, he was a pirate. I think it's somewhat likely that there was some sort of lock on his ship's log. 55, ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. Well, that is the, a yes. So there's definitely a lock and we have a random event. So he sees this waterlogged tome, this, 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 what is very obviously a ship's captain's, uh, a ship captain's ledger. And he goes up to take it. But as he looks at it, it's in pretty rough shape. Again, it's, it's well, it's been underwater for how many years? So it's amazing the thing is still intact at all. We have a random event that's been triggered. What is the event focus? 68 PC positive. Hmm. And brings us waste. 57. Waste tactics. A waste of tactics. Uh, something is positive. It's a waste of tactics. The tactics of trying to protect the information in the log, which means that although there is a lock on that book, it turns out the lock is so rusted and and decayed from all of the salt water that Edbert just kind of yanks it off and it just basically disintegrates in his hand. However, the book is still very much intact. He grabs it and begins to make his way, kind of tucks it under his arm as he tries to sort of swim one-handed back towards that porthole. My question, as he exits the ship, is there anything in the area that could pot uh, potentially be a nasty aquatic threat? <laughs> is it possible? Of course it's possible because this is the Mythic GM emulator. There's a 50-50 chance, which means at Chaos Value 6, there's a 65% chance of a yes. Is there some threat lurking in the darkness of the water? Is there... Oh, 88! <laughs> is a no, and it's over the Chaos Factor, so no random event. He, with the book, swims out of the porthole and begins to go all the way up back to the surface. And just as he breaks the surface, he realizes that the potion is kind of wearing off. It lasted exactly the right amount of time because of the nature of those rolls. He is pulled back up aboard the ship. Seawater cascading off of his body. He produces the ship's log. Now, Nicola is obviously fascinated by this, and I think they take that log and they go into Nicola's quarters to very carefully begin to examine this thing. So this thing wouldn't be much of a clue if it was utterly unreadable. So we know that the clue is still available, but how legible is the logbook? Are they able to ascertain the information they need, or is it going to take them a while to di to decipher it because of the damage to the to the, the the water damage to the pages? Oh, I'd say it's very unlikely that it's just immediately legible. Uh, oh my goodness, forty three on forty five again. It's a yes. It's waterlogged, but everything is amazingly intact, and they are able to read the log of the captain. So obviously, there's going to be something in this logbook that's going to make sense to Nicola as he thinks about the next, you know, symbol on the map, basically. So what is that? As they're pouring over this captain, this pirate captain's log, debase. That's an interesting one. Debase randomness. Debase randomness. So there's nothing random about it. This is absolutely planned out. There's nothing random. Wow, that's a tough one. <laughs> But I think in this case, debase randomness means that at the end of the log, there's right before the, the Sea Ghost was destroyed in a battle. It was destroyed in a battle, let's say. The last entry of the captain of the Sea Ghost was, I must get to this thing. You know what I think? 
because of that, because of that role. I think the Sea Ghost was also on the way to finding the Soul Cage all those years ago. So it is in the end of the log as Nicola is reading and he says, Ah, yes, it is right here. The Sea Ghost was destroyed in a battle as they were on their way to... Is it an island? It's somewhat likely it is an island. Uh, ooh, an extreme yes. Ed, but it says right here in the captain's log that the Sea Ghost was trying to track down the Soul Cage just as we are now. And right before his ship was destroyed, his last entry shows the location of an island that he was after. And I think the symbol on my map in my mind matches the description of this island. This is the next step. What is the island? Well, let's ask some basic questions about it. Is it uh, an inhabited island? So, is it inhabited? No, it is not. So it's an uninhabited island. What's the name of the island? Let's name it after a, a, a person. Whitcombs Island, love it. Is it fairly nearby? I do love asking these questions because Again, there's always a chance of a random event. I think it's likely that it's nearby. Oh, look at that. Well, our chaos factor is six, so there's no random event. But the answer is yes, it's nearby. It's only a day's sail from here. So Captain Nicola looks at his charts, gives his coordinates to his new navigator, and they make sail for Whitcomb Island. That ends that scene. There was no new NPCs, no new threads. We're still retrieving the soul cage. So that's the end of that scene. I think the, the chaos vector is going to go down to five. A day's sail away is Whitcomb's Island. And so the question is, is the voyage interrupted or altered by anything? Chaos vector is now five, nine. It is not. They arrive a day later at Whitcomb Island, uninhabited. There's no port. There's no settlement. There's no nothing. Is it a volcanic island? That would be kind of cool. Maybe that's the reason why it's uninhabited. Let's say that's likely just because it's a cool idea. Uh, oh, look at that, right on the button, 85. Yes, it is a volcanic island. There's a big plume of smoke emerging from the center of the island where this massive volcano is, you know, rising up from the middle of the island and it's surrounded by jungle. I think it's a really, really good chance that the, the clue is gonna be in that volcano or very, very close to that volcano. So the drunken ghoul casts its anchor and anchors itself in the harbor. They haul the ship's boat uh, uh, into the water, and I think that the captain is going to go this time. So it's gonna be Edbert and Nicola and Wyndham. Does Carlos go? I think Carlos wants to go, but do they let him go? I'm not so sure. Wait, you, you're going ashore without me? But you should take me along. I, I could be of great value to you. Great value, you say? You mean like you were in the tower? when you cowered in the corner instead of helping us fight? Well, that was different. That was against some abomination, some magical creature that was summoned to kill us, and I had no weapon. But this time, if I am able to go with you, and you were to give me a weapon, I could be of great use to you. I don't know, Carlos. I think you're of much greater use to us locked up in the brig. I can prove myself. I can demonstrate that I can be still a valuable member of this crew. You mean show your worth like I did last time when you betrayed me and your shipmates to the Grey Mariner mid-battle? That was different, Captain. You must understand. That was for love. It'll be a cold day in hell the next time I trust you, Carlos. Is Edbert and the Captain swayed at all to bring Carlos? I think it's very unlikely they're gonna allow him to uh, tag along. No, they are not. Not this time, Carlos. This is too important to allow you to screw it up. Nicola motions for the other sailors to come and 
you know, take him away, take him below. I don't think they're clapping him in irons or anything like that, but he still can't be trusted. The guy did betray the ship, so he is he is tucked away safely in the brig, which means that it is Nicola, Edbert, Windham, and, and this guy here, another, another crewman, who uh, clamber aboard the ship's boat and make their way towards the volcanic island, Whitcomb's Island. Their boat slides up on the sands of Whitcomb's Island. They get out and haul it up to the sand, the beach. The thick, thick jungle completely surrounds this volcano in the center of the island. They proceed into the jungle. Now, it is absolutely dense. They have to hack their way with machetes, basically, through the dense foliage and, and undergrowth and vines hanging down. There's no paths. There's no nothing. They got to force their way through this this jungle in order to get to that looming volcano in the center of the island. I think that Edward's going to do a survival roll to see if he can find the best possible path through to see uh, how effective their travel is. The survival is only four. Oh, that is a failure, a complete failure, which means I think something befalls them in the jungle. I have an idea, but postpone? 25. Postpone friendship. Postpone friendship. I think that has something to do between Edbert and Captain Nicola. Oh, of course. Haha. <laughs> As they're making their way through the jungle, really slow going, really tough going. They're just rivulets of sweat cascading down their brow as they're laboring under the hot tropical sun in this, this dense, dense uh, jungle. When there's a voice in Edbert's head, and of course it is the voice of Urazvas. So as Urazvas begins to speak his clue about a potential obstacle they might face here, and we're going to determine what that is in a second, I think that Edbert basically stops and his eyes roll back all white and he kind of collapses to the ground. This is the first time that Urazvath has remotely connected with Edbert's brain. Somebody in the comments had, had said that there's one too many voices in Edbert's head right now and I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> but nonetheless, he collapses to the ground kind of frothing at the mouth as he's getting this remote communication from Urazvath. It's not pleasant, it's not friendly at all. But I think what this does as, as Captain Nicola goes up to try and help him as Edbert begins to, you know, whisper the, the words of Urazvath, Nicola understands what's going on here that this is Urazvath doing and I think that this ties back to the conversation they had at the very beginning of this episode, where Nicola is suspicious of Urazvath, and I think that he sees the effect on Edbert, and this is a very disturbing sort of magical effect that he's seeing here, you know, invading Edbert's mind and seeing the effect physically on him. I think that at this moment, Captain Nicola maybe begins to think that there should be a way for them to get out of their obligations to Urazvath, as he clearly does not trust this mad sorcerer, this giant tentacled brain in a tower. So let's let's tuck that away for, for next time. In fact, we're probably going to create a thread about how, from this point on, Nicola is going to try and find a way to get out of the obligation to Urazvath. So as Edward is rolling around on the ground, as Urazvath invades his mind from, from far away, what does Urazvath tell him about the nature of the clue or the nature of the obstacle that they could find ahead of them. 77. Deceive? 62. Deceive disruption. Deception of disruption. The nature of the obstacle is deceive disruption. Disruption volcano. Deceive. Oh, 
Oh, okay, Uraz Vaz says in Edward's mind, Do not be deceived by the calm nature of the volcano on the island. It is due to disrupt the peace of the island at any moment. Be very careful. Edward kind of comes out of it. Uh, uh, gets to his feet. Was that Uraz Vaz talking to you just now? Aye, Captain, it was. He said something about how the volcano could erupt at any moment. I think that whatever clue we're about to find here, we'd better do it fast. By all the gods, Edbert. I do hope you trust your new allies more than I do. With renewed vigor, they begin to make their way towards the volcano. And sure enough, as they get closer and closer, even now a rumbling begins to ripple through the jungle coming definitely from that volcano, which even now is beginning to slowly awaken. They have to double time it now through the jungle. This is going to be really, really tough. Here's the thing. I'm going to give Edbert, whose role will count for the group, I'm going to give him a muscle roll to see if they can force march their way and get to the volcano and, and make some good time because if they don't, they might have to deal with an erupting volcano in this island, which could be very, very bad. His muscle is six. Is he able to do it? Just on the money. Perfect. The best he could do. Not only is he able to force march through the jungle, he's able to help his companions do it too, which means after several hours, they emerge at the slopes of this gargantuan volcano. And I think that the jungle basically ends like a hard line around the edge. They can smell the overpowering gases emanating from this volcano. They can also see large cracks in the side of the mountain that are even now beginning to glow red with the, the bubbling and frothing magma underneath the surface, just waiting for an opportunity to erupt and disgorge its fiery contents upon them and the entire of the island. So is there any evidence around here of, of something they're looking for? Because remember, this is a clue of some sort. They know that the next clue is here, but they don't know what that is. This has got to be a good old-fashioned alertness roll as they're looking for any clues as to what this clue could be. And they're unable to find it, which means there's nothing around here to find, Ed, but whatever clue is on this island, it's got to be further up the slope. That volcano is about to erupt. You could tell yourself, even without the warning from the wizard. Whatever we're looking for, we've got to find it fast. They have no choice but to ascend the slopes, scrabbling up the rocky slopes, looking for some clue. Is the clue basically at the top of the volcano? Do they have to get all the way to the top, braving the potential eruption and the intensifying gases, choking, choking gases coming from the volcano. Is it at the top of the volcano? 50-50. And we're on Chaos Factor 5, so this is, in fact, it's a straight-up 50 roll. 41, yes. The answer is yes. They have to scramble all the way up to the, the top of the volcano because they don't see anything else. Oh, it's exhausting. It's so exhausting. So exhausting, I think, that everything they do as they get closer to the top of the volcano, as the gases begin to choke them, you know, they're taking hand chiefs and putting it around their mouths trying to to fend off the debilitating volcanic gases as best they can but everything they do is going to be at a minus two penalty as they're being overwhelmed by this volcanic gas wearily they get to the very top of the volcano and there they can see the massive opening of the volcano right in front of them here's a thing the island is uninhabited but is there some ruin here is there 
Is there a man-made structure inside the volcano? Like, is there a, a series of steps going down leading to a place? Ooh, that's kind of cool, just because I think that's an interesting idea. Let's call that somewhat likely. No, no, there's not. There's no man-made structures here. There's no stairs. It's not as simple as that, which leads me to the question. As they're looking around for anything else, like, again, I'm going to give them an alertness roll. Do they see anything that could... Oh, they do. They do because the alertness is six. So they find the clue. Now, what is the clue here at the volcano's edge? Is it a marking on the inside of the volcanic wall? Is it a, ooh, is it a giant set of runes or glyphs or something at the far end of the volcano carved naturally or by magic, maybe? Who knows? Is there some sort of writing or symbol on the uh, far side of the, of the volcanic chamber? Somewhat likely. Oh, yes, and doubles under, which is a random event. So they see as they ascend to the top of this volcano again, choking, you know, eyes watering, tearing up from the horrible, horrible toxic fumes emitted by the vol volcanic chamber. But there, through the haze, through the smoke, is it a name of a place? Or is it a symbol? Is it a drawing of something? Let's ask these questions. Is it a name of a place? I don't think that's the case. I think that's very unlikely. Uh, very unlikely that that's the case. 98 Extreme, no, it's not a name, so it's just a symbol. Is it a symbol of a town? Well, let's call that unlikely. Uh, oh, 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 and it's extreme, yes. So Nicola, through the choking gases, sees a symbol. You know what it is? It's essentially like the device on a coat of arms, basically, which represents a certain port city. Oh, is it basically the coat of arms for Stormsworth? The town that Vale was trying to bring Edward to? Oh, that's interesting. I mean, it's an extreme yes, so I'm just going to say yeah, that's what it is. It's the symbol of, of Stormsworth, but it's the symbol of, like, the governor of Stormsworth. Oh, that's even better. It was an extreme yes, I'm just going to say yes. Edmund, do you see it? Aye, Captain, I do. I think it means that our next clue is in the governor's fort in Stormsworth. I don't like the sound of that. Neither do I. But before we go on, let us determine what the random event is. The event focus. 96. NPC positive. Hmm. What NPC is positive? One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Obviously, it's Carlos. <laughs> what is the nature of uh, the positive thing that happens to Carlos back on the ship? 40. Postpone. 89. Portals. Postpone portals. Postponing the doorway back, postponing its positive for Carlos, postponing the way back of these guys, it affords him an opportunity to escape. Oh, NPC positive for Carlos, postponed portals, I know what that means. Well, even now, the volcano is rumbling more and more. There's a great gout of blackish red flame as a, a great bubble of magma from far, far below them, deep in the volcano, explodes up and a wave of heat overcomes them. They have to turn and get out of there as soon as they can. Just as Urasvath said, the volcano is beginning to come alive, to disrupt the island. It's beginning to erupt. And they're, they've got to hightail it as fast as they can back to the beach. Now, 
Edward has already found a really, really good path through the forest, so he's going to try and follow that back as best he can. I'm going to have to give him a survival check to see if he can find it, but here's the thing. He's minus two because of being overcome by the volcanic gases, but I'm going to give him a plus four situation bonus because he's basically following the same path that he would have anyway so basically that comes down to a plus two so he's rolling on survival of, of six if he succeeds they get back to the beach without incident and he does so edward says come with me follow me back and they do they race through the jungle as fast as they can all the while, the sound of the erupting volcano beginning to explode behind them cracks in the side of the mountain, opening up and disgorging hot red lava that slowly begins to ooze its way down the side of the volcano. But they get back through the jungle to the beach, and there they find the results of the random event. As they are about to jump into their boat and pull it out into the water, they can see the drunken ghoul still at anchor, still where they left it. However, in the distance, moving very, very quickly towards them is another ship, a large black galleon flying the flag of the Inquisitor's Leap. Yes, the ship of the Order of the Purifying Flame has found the drunken ghoul. That's the ship of your order, is it not? Aye, Captain, it is. Well, then there's no time to waste. We've got to get back to the ghoul and get out of here before they can run us down. And so they leap in the boat, hauling it off the sand and desperately rowing as fast as they can to get back to the ghoul before the Inquisitor's Leap gets within cannon range. Will they be able to do it? We'll have to find out on the next episode of Me, Myself, and I. Thank you so much for joining me here today. <laughs> and once again, if you do enjoy the show and want to help support it do hit like and subscribe and if you really want to help the support the show patreon is the best way to do it the link for that is below thank you so much and we will see you next time on the next episode of me myself and die <laughs>